Hello everyone, and welcome to your uncle's beach house, episode 15. I am Jackson, I'm joined by M as usual. Gundam time! Gundam time! It's time for Gundam! It's not, it's not time for Gundam, it's Macross time. Macross time! Far less enthusiastic, maybe ominous, Wait, depending on what Macross we're talking about. Uh, alternatively, Merry Christmas! <laughs> yeah, it's Christmas Eve. Um, we just had one of these go up yesterday, and you're like, this is too much beach house, we know, but we are backed up, so this is what you get. Yep. Uh, this one's on time. The other one was late. So <laughs> that's how it is sometimes. Uh, yeah, it was fixed in our planning that Macros Plus must come out on Christmas. I don't know why. It's not a Christmas OVA. Just I wanted worked. it as a Christmas gift for people who were having a hard time during the holidays. Yep. If you're stuck with your family, you can listen to us talk about anime. Uh, you, should, you should put on War, War in the Pocket. You should show them a War in the Pocket. Mm, look, I understand that you... Uh, People aren't going to want to watch an anime in the middle of Christmas, and when they find out what you showed them, they're just going to be upset for all sorts of reasons. Um, but it's good. It's a good Christmas anime. It's a great Christmas anime. There's a really good Christmas episode of Ping Pong the Animation also that I think of a lot. Oh, shit. Nice. Um, should play... You should show them Love Live. Uh, and it has nothing to do with Christmas. No, but it does have that winter episode that's amazing. Yeah, sure. Sure, I guess. Look, Love Live's great. We're here to talk about Macross. Don't quit stalling. Yes. Uh, that's true. I guess we don't have a segment one here. We're just yeah. going to talk about Macross Plus. Yeah. Um, we, we did this because if you listen to the Great Gundam Project, we covered Super Dimension Fortress Macross during um, Victory, right? Yeah, that's what we did. <laughs> yes. Um, Those were together. Yeah, we watched all of the first Macross, and then we watched uh, Do You Remember Love? And. <laughs> Yeah, and 2012 flashback, and Macross 2, and that leads us to today, because the next thing on the Macross list, the last thing that we're going to officially cover as a, as podcasters is Macross Plus, which is either four-episode OVA or a movie. Um, we'll get into the details in just a second here. But we decided to do this because it's the one that people like, it's often people's entry point into Macross if you don't watch Do You Remember Love? And we're here to tell you, don't watch Do You Remember Love? It fucking sucks. Uh <laughs> feel very strongly yes. about that. You can just go listen to that episode of GGP if you subscribe to GGP. If you don't know what GGP is and you only listen to your uncle's beach house, welcome. I didn't know those people existed. But we do a Gundam podcast every week. You can go to patreon.com slash mapping and check it out for $1 a month. It's good. Uh, I refuse to believe this person exists. I, Our I, audience I, is too small for lore of numbers to count. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But hey, if you're that person... Uh, let us know. Uh, we're on Twitter. <laughs> Jackson's at off. I'm at EM underscore being. Let us know that you're that person. And I don't like, there's no prize for this, but I just would like the satisfaction of knowing that someone out there likes Beach House, but doesn't listen to Gundam. It's weird because this podcast updates very sporadically. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. 
But there could be people who listen to our podcast but don't are broke. I understand that you know not everyone oh, yeah, pledge to a play, Patreon. If that's the case, maybe you listen to all of our shows but the ones that are on Patreon. And in which case, thank you for your support, regardless. Yes, that that I understand more than the not like not knowing we do DGP. <laughs> that's true. Was <laughs> <laughs> uh, my point. Anyway, enough about um, uh, that particular tangent. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, what I was saying is, this is the last Macross we're doing, because people often said this was, like, the good entry point. This is a, people, a lot of people watched this back in the day as it came out, because it came out basically... No, that's Macross 2, never mind. But it was it was popular, uh, it was well-regarded, uh, it's it, it's pretty. So a lot of people have seen this that haven't gone back to Macross or forward with Macross. And so this is our final statement on Macross as formal podcasters i'm already eight episodes deep into macross 7 which i'm enjoying but it's a much different thing you glad you don't have to talk about the themes of macross 7 for 20 minutes there's nothing to talk about there's absolutely (laughs) it would be the worst thing for us to cover i i imagine so um macross plus however there's lots to talk about yeah do you want to tell us a bit about the uh production details and plot of macross plus so the production details of Macross Plus is that uh, after Macross 2 made a bunch of money and Studio New A realized uh, that people want Macross, they stole it back, <laughs> uh, said that Macross 2 was fake shit, uh, and put out Macross Plus as the true sequel to Macross. Um, the, like, re- the, some of the justifications are like that they built off the TV universe, whereas the Macross 2 was the Do You Remember Love universe, but that's also not true in some ways like seven uses some do you remember love stuff yeah also like, by, by seven they have smashed those things into each other and it doesn't matter anymore yes the, the, the idea the, of the, the, the the taking after the do you remember love universe thing was two's way of getting around weird legalities of they didn't want to pay kawamori for any of the things he wrote or whatever yes so. <laughs> um but it, it doesn't apply like oh so all the you know everything you know about the series is true and it, the canon doesn't work that way in macros they don't care uh, and so here we just have 30 years after the war ends. Um, uh, before you get into that, I did want to point out, this is directed by Kawamori and Shinichiro Watanabe, uh, who is the Kawabee Bop guy everyone knows, and written by Keiko Nobumoto, who's the writer of Kawabee Bop and all that stuff, and music by Yoko Kano. Uh, so that's important there. Um, I like that because while it is true uh, of all three of everyone except Kawamori that as, as the Kawabee Bop, as, like, they are the Caribbean people. Yoko Kano is the only one that, if you said that, it'd be rude. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. The other two have not escaped the gravity of uh, doing Bebop. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, this came out in 94 as an OVA, and then the movie came out in late 95 after the OVA had finished. So that, all the stuff that you forgot to do was done. You can talk about the plot now. Yeah, I realized as I started doing the plot that I'd skip some of the... Uh, those details yes so the plot uh is uh it is set 30 years after the end of macros where spoilers macros you remember um that the war is done earth is ruined and the plan to f- fix the future is to go build some colonies and that's where we are we are on planet eden uh which is the first colony planet um and it is a successful colony planet there's no conflict about that it's just it just exists it is a massive city um well no it's, it's a huge it's a whole massive functioning planet despite having only had people on it for 30 years and well i think who's... i think they went and colonized a planet that was just nice for once also is this is this the first one i don't remember them saying this is the first colony i mean it's called planet eden so i assume yeah, that was the implication. i assume they named it that because it's just really nice um oh, it's okay. all lush and green and stuff uh, also like 
the mood the both these treat eden as kind of like a weird backwater planet compared to like where galactic civilizations been at in the last 30 years (laughs) yeah that might be true but it looks very nice yeah and it's like the the landscape of is like a huge city it's not like portrayed in its aesthetics as a rundown place it is it is it is literally designed off of san francisco right yeah 90s so um and uh on planet eden there are two uh, there's, there's more plots going on but the basic plot is there are two uh test pilots one of them is the protagonist uh he's called uh, isamu one of them is the main rival he's called gold uh gold is a like uh mixed race centrality character and emphasis on the mixed race part we will get into that <laughs> Uh, later in this podcast, uh, they have a rivalry between their two like projects. They are the test pilots for two like different uh, experimental planes that you and Spacey might use, um, like trying to like be the new main fighter. Uh, I think Isamu's is just a cool plane. Yeah, so Isamu has the Shinshe Industries YF nineteen, which is like a newer Valkyrie. Um, it does have the uh, it does have an option to fold space. Like it's cool. It, they put all of the shit in a Valkyrie. Yeah, like it's a super cool one, but it doesn't have the the gimmick. No, no, no. Which... it's just it's just a better Valkyrie. Yeah. Uh, whereas uh, Gold's Gold's plane is the YF twenty one, and this has like a brainwave reading device that so he can like use his thoughts to control. Like it's a psychomo system, but it's yes. not. It, it's not imbued with the like metaphysical themes that a psychomo system is imbued with. Yes. Also, it we're just... pointing out this one's from General Galaxy. So these are competing arms manufacturers trying yes. to get the pro- like the military bid. And so uh, the bulk of the plot consists of these two rivals fighting it out. They hate each other. They're trying to become the coolest pilots uh, and get their uh, you know get their plan to be the one uh it is also centered around a love triangle involving these two they went to high school together uh with a third character and also a fourth and fifth character who are not involved and having a great life yes. they not matter but i didn't want to note them yes uh, uh so the third character called ming uh who is the producer quote unquote for uh sharon apple it just which is just like a hatsune miku virtual pop star um but because it was made in the 90s it doesn't understand what that is so like sharon apple is actually like an ai creature that's meant to be terrifying as they're fucking with technology well, also should, like the way they be. advertise sharon apple is like the f- world's first ai that yes. happens to be a pop star like literally uh sharon apple shows up on the red carpet as a computer with like a cape like it's like a, just a black box with like a hal eye that's yep. wearing a cape as it rolls around like it's the the tv prince from uh saga <laughs> yes Ah, it does just have the how I also. Yes. Um, And to make the AI, like, work properly, uh, Ming must, like, sit in this machine and provide it with the emotions to make it, like, act real. They haven't figured out the, like, key to make it sentient, basically. Yeah. But Um, they've told everyone that it is. (laughs) Yes, they've told everyone that it is, and that's that's what we're gonna... It's gonna happen. Um... That's kind of the bulk of the uh, the like setup. Uh, the main like part of the first half of the thing is Isamu and Gold bouncing over each other in their rivalry, and also their rivalry from Young. Um, and it's like they start fighting each other every time she shows up. Gold is like the uh, at least sees himself as the like uh, chivalrous, good, righteous person, right? Um, yeah. He will not let this uh, hot-headed shitbag touch Myung, but he will like. He's like, I love her, but I will also just be her knight if she doesn't want me. Yes, kind of he, thing. he is literally the incel white knight. 
He is like one hundred percent the incel white knight, like all the way. Yeah. Um. Whereas Osamu is absolutely the Alpha Chad pilot guy. Yes. Here. <laughs> like it is like fully that, fully formed, but not about that. It's just wild to watch. Um. And Ying is just kind of exhausted by all of this. But also uh, still, like, has feelings for both of them and doesn't know how to handle that. <laughs> yes. Um, which is, I need to mention those other two again, who are, like, an, clearly another part of their high school just friend group. Those two got married. Uh, they yeah, it's Kate Rose and, and the other guy whose name I don't know. Morgan. Okay, Morgan, Kate, yes. Rain, not Rose. Uh, Kate and Morgan. They show up. They've got kids. They're just, like, having a good life. They are over this high school bullshit. And then you, we just have to spend the time with uh, these three characters dealing with very immature stuff. Yes. Um uh the two ways that it like expresses itself are first of all with Myung, like the strange stuff happens around Myung. Um and like Sharon starts to get ominously involved. Well yes, the guy the guy who built Sharon decides to get a black market AI chip to see if it'll finally make uh Sharon complete and it does but too much. <laughs> It does, but too much. And so um, Sharon imprints on the feelings that Myung was having, which at that point where I wish Isamu was like, I love Isamu. And uh, so the machine decides that that is what it wants instead. And it's bad. Yep. Um, the machine like possesses the, uh, what is it called? It's, it's in the summary. So it yeah, the thing that happens X. is in the middle of gold and Isamu fighting, like they just wreck each other's planes all multiple times. We'll talk about that. Yes, uh, multiple times. And the it, Spacey decides instead of paying for either of these projects, they're going to use their own project they were working on, which is an AI command, like commanded, uh, aircraft called the ghost X nine. Yes. Um, and and just, just at the time that they're choosing to uh, like deploy that around the Earth is when the recently sentient and increasingly out of control, also controlled by the same AI chip, uh, Sharon Apple, is going to Earth for the 30th anniversary of the Macross launch. Uh-huh. So <laughs> things go understandably haywire in the middle of uh, a Sharon Apple concert. This like She is fully sentient and fully just like evil AI at this point. Uh, her and the ghost's uh, AI system basically become one. Mm -hmm. like, she just has control of Spacey at a point. Yes, all, um, all of everything around Earth, including the Macross itself. In and including the people. Yes, yeah, because she does um, hypnotize the people with her magic singing powers. Because it's because still Macross. She hit, but also the people be on their phone um, because of the scene early on when, when uh, like, uh, Isamu goes to the concert and everyone's just, like so hypnotized by this virtual pop star. He's looking around like, "Wow, what's happened to society?" Uh, Isamu, Isamu is canonically not interested in music, and it saves right. his life and everyone on earth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that that happens. Um, uh, the other plotline that's been running throughout this, which we haven't mentioned until now, uh, is the deal with gold so they've had their dumb rivalry uh and they go to earth uh isam is going to like save young uh gold's ostensibly going to stop him uh, like he is sent by spacey to like capture isamu but by the time it gets to the fight he's just kind of there to have a rival fight uh the context kind of flows away um and his plot line is he's like oh wait he's you know he is in some white knight mad at uh, Chad Asami for taking everything from him, literally saying that out loud, and then the reveal comes that he actually in the past uh, 
I've, I've, you know, probably should put a content one on the top of this episode because things are uh, is awful. Uh, he uh, raped um, Myung. That is the thing you know, that the, happens. The the thing we were explicitly shown is he came in to see Isamu and Myung looking like they were kissing, maybe whatever. It's not clear, and he attacked her, and in attacking her, like ripped off her shirt and whatever. Like the weird part here is like Isamu was in the room for all of this. Like this happened while like they like he barged in and did this one thing. So is the implication that he just ripped off the shirt and then yeah stopped? he assaulted her in okay. like a way that is sexually charged but I it's he did not explicitly rape her you know in that way it definitely leans into that imagery yes, and the for reason sure. because the second half of this is the reason he did this is because he can't control his zentradi like aggression in his blood yes and it is entirely just his, which is like, which is a fact <laughs> like that the military unrelated canon. to this brings up is like he just has that zentradi aggression and we we've trusted right. him because he is able to control it but in reality he just is going to turn into a beast at any moment uh so they totally have the thing where the mixed race character even though it's like a fake race right like yes. but it is treated but the, the 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 first time in the both versions of this that the idea of his aggressive zentradi blood is brought up it is by their commander who is a black man and i think that that is important and significant yes uh but the like entire reveal of his character hinges on a scene like this this scene about um how his like racial aggression blood made him do a like very charged sexual assault yes like it's powerfully uncomfortable yes Um, and then he forgot about it but his friends didn't but neither of them ever held him to account because they felt bad for him because he couldn't help it because he's just as entrati yes so we'll deal with that in a minute (laughs) yeah yeah put a pin in that um uh and then, as he realizes, oh, wait, no, it was me all along, I don't have to hate you, uh, <laughs> you know, I, we can all be chads together, um, he sacrifices himself and dies, making the love triangle just, like, it's solved, it's solved, he's dead now, it's fine. Um, and Isamu uh, fights fights Sharon Apple, destroys the core. You mean fights um, the Macross itself rising from the lake around in Macross City? <laughs> I do. Controlled by Sharon Apple, but yes, yes, it is very fucking cool what is happening. Uh, and saves the day. Uh, everyone is saved. And then the, there's two slightly different endings based on if you uh, watch the movie or if you watch the OVA. In the OVA, he like sees Myung in, um, in his plane and flies off. Uh, in the movie, they like land together uh, and embrace yes and the thing with the both end. of these is right before he does that the way he destroys sharon is he crashes his plane through the top of the macross into her and yes. in the movie he kind of gets out of the plane and they stand there on the bridge and look out at the city and he's like you saved me through music because bl- blandly stating the plot is i guess the last line that you have in movies um <laughs> or, and then in the ova he flies off and like waves to her in like a way that like you could read if you wanted to that he died crashing because he crashes his plane into something and then his plane's in the air and he's just flying away now, just no scratch on him. And that's the end of it. Uh, I like the story a lot better if Isamu does not survive. Yes, 100%. Uh, it definitely like frames God's death in a different way, right? Yes. Just, oh, the love story is the love triangle solved. Yes. If it's, oh no, both these pilots are pilots to the core. Um, anyway, what stuff do we want to talk about first? Uh, let's do voice actors first. I grabbed okay. voice actors for this. Uh, so Isamu uh, is voiced by Takumi Yamazaki. Uh, we're currently listening to him be George Desand in G Gundam. 
Um, oh, he's so much cooler as George Desan. <laughs> uh, he is a character named Banzai in uh, Gintama. He is the modern Makuve after Makuve's voice actor died at some point. Um, I, I always like that's me, uh, aka the modern Makuve. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gold is voiced by Unsho uh, Ishizuka. If you listened to our episode yesterday in Flag, he's the voice of Keiichi Akagi, which is the older photographer. We didn't do yes. voice actors in Flag because it's kind of last minute. And also a lot of the voice actors were not people that had interesting biographies for what I know. So we just didn't cover it. But uh, that's the big name that they got. He's Jet Black in Kawaii Bebop. He's sure Zabuza Naruto. Uh, he's Ryotaro Dojima in Persona 4. Uh, he's Van Hohenheim in Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. He's Mr. Satan in Dragon Ball Z. He does this voice forever. Um, forever. He's really good at it. Yes. Um, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, he died uh, last year, unfortunately. Oh, rip. Yeah. Um, Myung is voiced by uh, Rika Fukami. She's Sailor Venus in Sailor Moon. She's Helen Jackson in Victory Gundam. <laughs> The one yes! most like an actual strike. She's the, the voice most of, like an actual strike. She's the voice of Fran in Final Fantasy twelve. She's also like a, the dub voice for multiple stars. Like uh the list on Wikipedia is like Catherine Zeta Jones, Angelina Jolie, Sharon Stone, Jodie Foster. Doing all right. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yes. Um Lucy, I grabbed. Uh she's voiced by Megumi Hayashibara. She's the voice of Ray Ayanami in Neon Genesis Evangelion. <laughs> oh yeah. I know her. She's the voice of Musashi in Pokemon. That's Jesse. If you you listen to the American version, um, which everyone does, she's everyone fa- does. Uh, she's Faye Valentine in Cowboy Bebop, uh, and she is Christina McKenzie in 0080 War in the Pocket. Wait, Ray and Faye Valentine are the same? Yes, <laughs> that one's huh? Okay, yeah. Um, and then the, the last voice I grabbed was uh, Miller Johnson, who is the commander of the base. Uh, his, he's voiced by Kenji Utsumi. He's been a voice actor since the very early sixties. Uh, he did the voice of, uh, Senbai Norimaki, uh, the main doctor in Dr. Slump. Uh, his name is not Dr. Slump. Uh, he's Shenlong and Raccoon in Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z. Uh, he's also probably most famously to anyone listening to this, the voice of Alex Louise Armstrong in Full Metal Alchemist, both 2003 and Brotherhood. Um, Armstrong's great. first watched the movie i watched the movie version of this a long time ago now because uh, i did it right after we finished macross 2 because uh, i was ready to take on more macross and then i watched this and i was like maybe i'll take a break from macross <laughs> um is that this feels like 
a Cowboy Bebop episode where Spike and the crew never show up to fix anything. Fuck, does it? Yeah. Everyone's just in this very, like, sad but very melodramatic uh ridiculous situation um and then mech shit happens and plane shit happens and hatsune miku's evil shit happens and that stuff's all like fantastic and weird but like the actual plot feels like the cowbebop plot that everyone blunders into in a very real way it's interesting to see this kind of plot just creep up because Outside of, like, the Macross is there and music is important and we said some shit about some Zentradi, this could just be any generic sci-fi anime. Yes. It has very little to do with Macross in terms of, like, p- the lore, right? Like, the Macross stuff that is signifiers of Macross are there, but it could the story could be anything. And I think that's, like, to its credit and uh, as a as a singular thing to watch. Yeah, Macross is not about, like, the anxieties to do with AI. Like, it's never been to do with that, even slightly. And it, like, ties that into music, but the music's ever far more surface level than generic 90s cyberpunk themes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, But because of that, like, you know, if you're looking for more Macross... uh, in terms of like storytelling, if you want to see what the continuation was, when the movie starts, this is dedicated to all the pioneers, and you roll your eyes like they didn't learn a damn thing. Then yep. you watch the movie, you're like, that didn't have anything to do with pioneers or Macross. And then it says dedicated to the pioneers at the end, and you're like, what did that mean? Yeah, 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 it's great. <laughs> so yeah, I watched the movie first. You watched the movie first, but more recently, and then we watched the OVAs. So yes. do you want to talk briefly about the differences between the two before we dig into uh, our feelings about themes and stuff across both versions? Uh, yeah, so the um, movie. Well, I'll, I'll have to be slightly more specific about my feelings because the movie is worse. I don't like have an interest in hiding that. The movie is much more condensed. It changed, and it's like very structurally different. So the it, thing that's worth pointing out is that there's not a ton of different. Macross Plus's four episodes are all about forty minutes each, but they have opening and closing, so they're a little longer uh, or a little shorter than that. And then the movie is 115 minutes, so that's almost the exact same runtime, except that there there's like 20 minutes of footage difference because multiple scenes got reorganized and yes. new footage was made that replaces old footage, but not in like. Not not in like a we made this way bigger and more expensive way. Just this is different now. Yep. Uh, the 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 movie is slightly more focused on the love triangle aspects. Um, it digs into like uh, because of its like choices, it makes the Bowman stuff, the the gold stuff that is frustrating, like much more of a central focus than it is in the OVA. Uh, the OVA is also much better at just, like, giving you context for the characters and why, like, like a story. Uh, the the OVA, the movie cuts out the, like, first 20 minutes of the OVA where they go, all right, here's the main character, here's his deal, here's the main rival, here's his deal, here's the plot of the show, here's what you should be thinking about. Uh, that just doesn't exist in the movie, so they just throw you right into it and, then, like, assume you care. Um, and Isamu is, like, one of the worst characters to lead an anime uh, he's like an asshole. I, like he's, he, you know, and the the show makes an attempt to put that in a context. The movie just throws you into it and just watches this obnoxious person be the hero. Uh, so that, that's kind of the main difference to me is like the character stuff, and it also like um, there's a whole section, section, a whole section of the uh, of the OVA that just isn't in the movie. They make an early fight. Or an early, not even fight. An early action scene is replaces uh, an action scene that is later on uh, in the OVA uh, that is like a, a fight between the two mechs. Yeah, um, 
and and instead the early incident is where he like uh gold loses control and pushes down on the uh on um yeah Isagi's which which happens flight. like two-thirds of the way into the movie but happens at like what episode one of the it's, ova yeah. and that shift is big because and so uh Isamu ends up in the hospital but it's after the fight in the ova uh and it's after that yeah in the ova they have a movie. they have a they have like a training like you know, urban warfare exercise where the mechs are like doing shooting galleries in like a fake city. And it, it's an episode. This is not in the movie at all, but in episode two of the OVA, they have this episode two of the OVA. Sorry, I'm tripping over my words. Uh, they have this big gunfight. And before this, Gold swaps out Isamu's, uh, like fake rounds with live rounds because he wants to make sure that the fight is as real as possible. So, uh, unlike the movie in which Gold is mostly very put upon by Isamu being a huge jerk, in the OVA, they both suck and it makes it much better. <laughs> Yes, um, like in in the uh, in the movie, it's just he accidentally because he is so oppressed by like just emotional trauma of having to deal with Asami, which we then learn is actually a different, even more awful thing later. Yes, uh, it it becomes more about the like actions the characters take in the moment and how much they're hung up on this high school bullshit. Yes, uh, which yeah. is a much much positive way of like framing the OVA. Yeah. I think I uh, yeah. So I suppose we should just get out of the way so we can talk about everything around it. But let's talk about yes. the gold stuff. Um, yeah. So as we mentioned, gold can't help but be violent and assault a woman because he has his uh, aggressives and trotty blood. Obviously, this is like super racist in like, you know, in abstract, but also specifically the way gold is depicted is as like a darker skinned character with like. He, his ears are elongated because he has decorations in them and he is yes. like physically more intimidating compared to the anime characters. And I'm not here to litigate like what the racial dynamics of anime characters are. I understand that it is a fraught and large and continuous discussion, right? Whether, you know, Americans see anime characters as white, uh, Japanese characters see anime characters as Japanese, anime characters are actually neither, but they're definitely not people of color the way the Zentradi are depicted as people of color. And specifically, yes. given the tech context of, like, the black character says this and the ways in which this interacts is, this is, like, panic about black men are going to steal all our white women, right? Or Japanese yeah. women. A hundred percent. Like, it is just, just that in, yes. in the movie. Um, especially as, like, the way it frames the thing with, uh, like, their history as a reveal. Because you s the movie is difficult, or the, the movie, the, the, the Michael's Plus is difficult in that all along it expects you to be sympathizing with Isamu. I don't know but if that's necessarily true. He's the main character, but it, it's definitely murky. It's it's murky, but it's I'm trying to think about how to how to frame this. I it's a I think it oh. assumes that the default viewpoint is someone who watched a lot of anime and does think that Isamu's like just like a protagonist, but it's not yes. like Gold is unsympathetic or Myung no. is also unsympathetic and both these boys suck but she can't help but think they're hot. <laughs> Right, yeah. Um, I'm trying. I'm trying to. That's not necessarily. I'm trying to like think of how I would frame this because it's definitely a fraught thing. I don't want to like get my words wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, but the the show like wants the reveal at the end to have this like big context like shift, right? Which means I don't know exactly what we are meant to read into, um, Gold's actions beforehand. Right, like, is it saying that it's always gross to be a weird, like, I'll be your white knight forever type, or is it saying that that's only bad because of the ra like, it just gets so fucking murky real quickly. Yeah, 
Um, and he has literally forgotten in his like reaction to the trauma of realizing that he did this thing, uh, which is its own like problematic space that it maybe is worth exploring in a more like thoughtful yes. movie. But the part where all of his, both of his friends know and don't bring it up until he remembers and then say, Oh yeah, we both remember this, but we thought it would be better to keep it from you because you couldn't help yourself is like so condescending and shitty. And the movie thinks that it's like a kind thing that his friends did for him. But also those like, Isamu hates him. He's been being an asshole throughout the well, movie. This kind of br- this kind of brings us to the, the a point I have when we move past this, which is the movie works way better if you just think that these two is like sometimes when you are a, a child and have a friendship, that friendship is as much defined by like genuine yes. antagonism as it is like real feelings. Like like I had friends in high school that are people I genuinely like would argue with and dislike, but also we were still friends because especially when you are living in masculinity, friendships can be fraught and weird. Yes. Um, and that I like my main takeaway of rewatching this in the OVA version is this whole plot works really well until you bring in the stuff with gold being uh, an assaulter because of right. his race. Uh, if these two were just two guys who like we're shitty boys and then Isamu ran away when they were teens and thus they never had the chance to like grow up about it. They just had a chip on her shoulder and Myung also had a chip on her shoulder because these were the two boys who were her best friends that she had crushes on both of them. And now they're adults and navigating that is hard and weird. And they just got over it through having their fight finally exhaust itself. That would be a cool, good story. That would be fine. But instead it's like loaded with all this because on top of all the stuff we've already talked about, it's also complicated by the Sharon Apple stuff. And her being like, oh, I love gold, but I love Isami more. As it, like, basically tries to frame their uh, entire rivalry as pointless because, you know, Isamu, the cool one, is, like, just cooler, right? Like, it doesn't interrogate... It doesn't give Myung enough interiority to explain why she likes it, whichever, like, rival more. So it comes off as just, like... The cool person wins. This is the way of the universe. Stop trying to... Why is Zentradi stealing our women? Like, it, it just... It's, I, I hated this stuff so much. I, I feel like you were able to, like... Yeah, I mean, I think Myung's position is much more that she likes both of them, uh, despite all, like, her fraught relationship with both... Because she... It's, like, the thing happened with Gold, but then Gold's also kind of been around and has, like, definitely been a better person, and she knows he doesn't remember this, which is fraught. We don't, you know, don't talk about that part here. Um, yes. But, like... He's a, he is depicted as a decent guy, but that decency is coded in a, like, respectability politics. Like, he's the guy who always has to be, like, carry himself, like, much more official and much more respectfully than other characters who can get away with being yes. shitbags. He cannot. He has the burden of being Zentradi, like, foisted upon him. Uh, and also he's got to do his, like, warrior monk Saikamu shit. So he has to be that guy also. And it's just so charged. It's just a mess. And you wonder, like, did they know what they were doing? And the answer is probably a little bit of yes, and a little bit of no, because like, you know, you look at Cowboy Bob, Cowboy Bob also has a bunch of strange and problematic racial coding, but it's played much more like we're doing a pastiche of genre fiction that this is not, this is like whole cloth. This is the story we wanted to tell. And we made this entrati problematic in a whole new way that did not exist they found in Macross. A whole new way. And also they found a whole the new explicit way. plot of Macross is discovering that the entrati and the humans are literally the exact same thing. They have the exact same DNA. It's just the Zentradi have gone through a thing. There is no, there is no difference in genetic, ma- like genetic makeup or psychology, uh, and that's literally like the big reveal at the end of Macross. 
That's like the thing, is yeah. that the idea of Zentradi blood is a fake thing. Yes. Uh, and no one's saying it in those terms in the show, but it is still, it doesn't, like, that's still what the show's about. The show's yeah. about, yeah. like, the, like w- say what you will about the last 10 episodes of Macross, but they literally go, race science is fake at the end, and it's good. Right? <laughs> yeah, they do at least say that, and to have Macross Plus be, like, full-on race science yes. uh, is... Uh, it was too much for me. Like I know that you enjoy a lot of the just the moment to moment because it's a beautiful looking, beautiful sounding show. I'm very good um, at compartmentalizing things. <laughs> uh, I could not get over the race science stuff and all the gold stuff. And I I do think that the I, I guess I have a different read on uh, Ming than than you. And I think the the audience are meant to read the scene where Sharon Apple tells you Simon uh, is the one as like a canon. You know, this is I, what I read that feels. is the last time that Sharon controlled Isamu. Isamu was at the con or when when um, Young controlled Sharon, Sharon was at the concert and knew or Isamu was at the concert and Myung knew he was there and was thinking about him. And she doesn't use Sharon after that. Um, so the last thing that Sharon true. has is memories of Isamu. Like she literally has the Sharon robot go up to Isamu and like fake kiss him and shit. Uh, and so of course the AI remembers that and doesn't know a gold because there was no interaction. That's fair, but the, the AI also like cares about gold, right? Like it's still doing the thing where it's play. So here's one of the funniest scenes in the movie, which is slightly different in the show. Um, but one of the just like most died watching this uh, in the movie, there is a scene where uh, Myung is in mortal peril uh, because Sharon Apple has arranged it. Yes, uh, uh, she's at the concert hall and uh, Sharon Apple's locked all the doors and turned off the fire alarms and started a fire. She started a fire and so she calls both Myung and Gold uh, as a mean, test. Uh, Isamu Isabu and Gold basically as a who will, who do you like more test, right? Yes. She um, goes, she goes in 30 <laughs> minutes, uh, Myung is, or there's going to be a fire at the concert hall. And uh, Isamu's reaction is to go, what? The concert hall? Who cares? And go back to sleep thinking it's a prank. <laughs> and Gold goes, the concert hall, Myung must be there and runs off to go save the day and does like with great damage to himself. He like gets a, hurt by a fall door and uh, like is genuinely injured right uh and like this stuff is definitely more like i think in these moments the show is uh, like earnest about gold's like it thinks gold is is gold's problems is this weird race science stuff but in this moment it is absolutely earnest about his like i will be your knight thing that is meant to be a cool sequence when he yeah does that. i mean and he is he, he genuinely cares from young it's not seen it like outs until the reveal. It is not seen as like a problem in the way that he cares for right. her. Like he's a little self serious, but also like it's to contrast with the guy who's like in his twenties and acting like he's sixteen still, right? Mm-hmm. The guy who yeah. literally got shipped to this planet because he couldn't control himself in terms of being a pilot. Yes, uh, and like that context is only in <laughs> the uh, o- OVA. Yes. Like, they cut out the whole thing where it is explained why Isamu goes to Eden, and, like, the OVA has a pretty good opening where um, he's just, just being a shitbag in military, like, operations, because yes. he wants to fly the cool the cool plane the cool way, <laughs> and everyone yells at him, and they're like, fine, fuck off, go to planet Eden, do whatever, we don't care, and he's like, hell yeah, I will, uh, and it's much more explicit in the opening that, like, oh, he's just this person, this is who he is, and you're, like, way more aligned with like the goals of the show, I think, than you are in the movie, yeah. Uh, which brings you in in the middle of a test uh, between Gold and um, Isamu, yeah. And they're just like posturing at each other without any context, but 
to like what you're meant to care about and who's the protagonist and what's going on. Yeah. Um, what are the other things we want to get to? Because like that's the that's the big stuff with gold. That we have yeah, to the gold stuff the is bad. Uh, just straight across the board in terms of the way they depict him, and a huge problem with you know the way that the show depicts itself and everything else would work and make sense without this it's totally unnecessary um it is treated as a surprise reveal because it comes out of nowhere and ends up having only like the ability to poison everything you've enjoyed before it's the most right. useless plot turn i've ever seen and i say that because everything else in macross plus i think is kind of incredible um that's, I, I don't agree, so I want to go down the specifics and like I want to see what the which parts are. You know. So, talking about Macross Plus means talking about the like formal structure of you make an anime show, and what is an anime show if not the animation and like the soundtrack? And this ep- this thing, yeah. this story is fantastic about both uh, to a degree that I cannot like. It's up there with like Red Line in terms of a thing to watch. Um, all of the mech shit is incredibly well animated. There are yes. two full musical sequences. There is the Sharon Apple concert, and then there is the Sharon Apple takes over all of Earth, uh, which is played like it's a concert. Um, it happens like during I mean, the concert, is. but even the like yeah. the whole satellite system of Earth firing on our heroes is played like a music video. Um, and that stuff is all just literally some of the best anime i've ever seen but the soundtrack itself mostly yoko kano the one like the most popular song uh funnily enough is not yoko kano the information high that plays during the earth assault uh is not her but um it the soundtrack is just like banger after banger after banger uh everything is like a lot of the music's like very weird and discordant but also has a good beat like it's it's so of its era and around that because it's 94 you get just the coolest cgi in the world there is a lot of like computer screens and displays and holograms and like design elements of sharon apple that are all cg that is like very low poly and looks very of its era but it has an aesthetic that's so strong and so tied into like the very cyberpunk like but like naturalistic version of macross that we see specifically in this movie and or the story um that it all gels really well together in a way that i can't think of another anime that uses cg to such good effect uh with such limited resources i think as a thing as a sensory experience macross plus is without peer um th- i probably won't get that far but i don't like disagree with this uh, like that's true. That shot where they're fighting in the city, and then the city becomes the CGI city, and then it becomes the CGI wireframe city. Yeah, because it uh, like shows it shows their like computer projections of all the plots uh, or all the plane paths or whatever with like red arrows through a CG uh, like model, and then that segues into the wireframe, which then segues back into the original animation as like missiles hit a building. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah, just in terms of like anime to watch, this is top five. I don't think I've, I can't think of a few things I've seen that I think are better movies to put in your eyeballs or like audio to listen to. Um, I can't disagree with that. I was too busy getting like mad at it (laughs) to really connect because like I started from the position of, um, I, I guess I'm just too invested in Macross, and I know that you like you know you at some point you have to accept that Macross is bad so you can enjoy. Macross uh, yeah, again. I, did, I did that during Macross, like you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, but I just you know it, it starts and it's set on this like, pretty substantial colony that's 
only 30 years after Macross. Oh yeah, none and of that with- matters. Like the thing is moving on to Macross 7 where it's 15 years later and there's giant city ships and it's about a band on a city ship trying to figure out how the lead singer's like, I want to figure out how to make music that can do what uh, Lin Min did and change the world as he's like singing the one dumb rock song he knows over and over again. Uh, <laughs> Macross is stupid. I'm, it's just the truth. I know, I know, but it, it that doesn't mean that I, when I watch this, don't think, why the hell uh, has this, like, the emotional core of the ending of Macross hinged on the fact that everyone died. And not only that everyone died, but that the people that remained are a basically equal mix of Zentradian humans because it's one ship of humans yes. and then the Zentradi that landed. And in here we have just humans are the dominant hegemon again and the Zentradi are... One, they're all small again, but two, they have, like, the Zentradi are a minority in this. They are coded as, you know, all the race science shit happens. Yes. So it's not like, it's not like they did the thing where, oh, everyone got small and now the boundaries have been, like, you know, it's it's not talking about, a, like, there's a way you could make this specifically about the, like, human assimilation. Yes. Um, but it's it's explicitly not doing that. It's drawing a line between the Zentradi stuff uh, that made me very confused, because I'm like, what? Yeah. Isn't this what Macross is about? And yeah. I know that, like, I know the answer is stop asking these questions. <laughs> I will say, but, like, to Macross 7's credit, it does have all the Zentradi have been myclonized because they, they all just chose to do that or whatever. But Zentradi are much more like a prevalent appearance, like characters and like they're right. all over the place. And the culture is definitely one where there, the idea of difference has been basically eradicated. Like, no one mentions that a character is Zentradi because half of people are Zentradi and who cares? Like, there's no difference. <laughs> Yeah, right. Like they are just the survivors of the war. Yeah, the only right? people the only people who remember when those were two different things are all adults and nobody likes them anyway. Yeah, so that's a way you could go with it, and I'm yes. more interested in it. Even if, like, Macro 7 is dumb as hell. At least, like, yes. that, that choice makes more sense to me, mm-hmm. and I get why you would make that choice in the show, and yes. the other choice in the OVA that doesn't matter. Yeah, the thing with Macross Plus is it feels like by bringing on these new characters, they or these new creators that they all like, you know, Watanabe sat down uh, or, and with Keiko and Nobumoto or whatever, and the thing they decided to do was, like, like explore the difference but did it in the most haphazard we accidentally made miscegenation scaremongering <laughs> as a plot yes. um possible Whoops. i do hate when i do that yeah um and that's that's unfortunate um but you know with the ability to compartmentalize if you take out the part with all of gold's backstory and the zentradi stuff i actually especially in the ova i think the love triangle works i think it's an interesting like romance between three characters who are all in bad places that they've kind of put themselves into through leaning into the things that are like negative about them uh like isamu's just a shitbag myung uh wanted to be a singer and has found herself like running this secret ai program betraying her art and selling it out to like a corporation that's going to take it all and leave her in the dust where she's going to be like i wrote sharon apple songs and no one's going to believe her right um yes. and gold is doing his best to be like the most uptight man possible because he must be in control because he has everything to prove and no one's asking it of him like he's just ruining his own life by being this person um yes and the way those three characters interact um i think is like genuinely pretty decent i think the writing around it is good like again accepting the gold stuff which comes out of nowhere and ends up like really destabilizing things to enjoy in this story i like this stuff especially because you do see characters that show up and are like what is this bullshit like she uh myung goes out with her friend kate who's the other friend from high school they're doing karaoke and myung can't even sing karaoke without having a breakdown 
And Kate's like, what is this Mickey Mouse bullshit? Like, we got rid of, we stopped being like this in high school. Like, grow up. Yes. <laughs> because she's living an adult life, and these three characters are genuinely, like, arrested anime protagonists, which is what I feel about every anime protagonist, but this is explicit in this story, that these are characters who should be adults, but act like teenagers because they never grew up. And I think that's, like, an interesting thing to put in anime. I think it's a thing anime needs, is, like, an, a, a, like an exploration of this space because... Every anime is like this. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, uh, I definitely agree that like the OVA is infinitely better at this. Yes. Uh, I think the the movie, the having seen the movie first was like really unfortunate for me because it colored me so completely. Because in that, it takes out, uh, it, well, it makes Asami look more of a shitbag. Yes. Uh, and then it takes out the at least until the like. Uh, race science sexual assault stuff makes gold way better like it takes out the parts where he's actually self-sabotaging an asshole yes um, i think not, that's, that's uh, so important otherwise you're like this why is because the movie makes you think that like outside of the reveal gold is just the best guy why is why is right. everyone treating him like shit and why like why is there a love triangle and the lva makes this make sense and then it drops the same reveal and the reveal is bad like you know we've covered yes. this i'm i'm not gonna keep repeating the reveal is bad understand i know all of the stuff with the centrati gold stuff is bad <laughs> Yeah, and I'm not, I, like, I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm specifically talking about, yes, how the, in the movie, like, my reaction was, aside from the fact that I, like, I think being this kind of weird, like, gross knight to a woman is a shitty thing to do, but that's not the, like, I know that's not the critique they're making of him. Why are we meant to, like, sympathize? Like, why is it an equal thing? Like, it's not I, I, I think this is kind of a little bit of the critique, the thing. I think the thing is aware that what he is doing is also bad. Um, but in the movie, that balance is all the way off because when yeah, no, it shows yes, him doing the movie that does stuff, not the movie does not work on this level. But I think the OVA because, is very clear about the fact oh, that she yes. is put off by his like paternal protectiveness, and that thing extends to like his job, the way he thinks about like Isamu shows up and they're like we're gonna he's gonna test another thing, and Gold takes it as like an affront to his very being that they would dare consider someone else within a different plane yes. against his because his must be the best because he's Gold and everything he does is the best. Um, yes. And that's like to the point where he loads the gun with real ammunition, hoping that Isamu is going to die. Like he literally tries to kill Isamu twice. <laughs> yes, and all that stuff's just gone in the uh, in the movie. Yeah, uh, and so it like my sympathies were like just wildly different between them, even though the plot wasn't that different. Yes, um, because yeah, you do need this that stuff to make to make it not just what why is gold meant to be bad apart from the part where he's Zentradi here. Um, and I, yeah, so I, I enjoyed the OVA much more because I was, I was really worried because of how much I hated the movie. I was just going to really hate the OVA, and I'm more negative on it than you, just because I you know, don't like the Islamic at all, uh, and the, you know all the reveal we've already talked about. But like, yeah. the OVA is way better. It's a much better thing. Yeah. You should watch it as um, as a story about like three people who are sabotaged by their own pride as they watch their life yes. crumble around them. I think it's genuinely pretty good. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's. Fine. Th- I, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, like, I don't disagree with that, right? Yeah. Like, I'm trying to, like, think about how, how my positions are in it because yeah. I, that's um, the stuff I think works best. And then beyond the design stuff, uh, the the actual action is so incredible. If you want to see a minute long Atano Circus, Macross Plus has Yo. got your fucking back. <laughs> The planes, I like, I've genuinely been pretty meh about the idea of planes. I, I don't think they're interesting. The planes in this mo- in this story are amazing. They, the way that they're animated and the stuff they do is so cool. Gold Saikamu plane, like, the wings turn, like, bend and flex, like, organically, and it's amazing. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, it's, 
it's incredible all of the flight scenes are great yes and then um, like it ending i like this happened in macross 2 also like it, it, this is clearly the thing so that they're gonna keep doing again but the macross rising out of macross city just being the motherfucking macross just like infinite detail of this robot that surpasses all ability to like reckon with scale and size is so good uh, yo, the Macross. The Macross. But in this case, the Macross projecting a hologram of giant Hatsune Miku, who is both horny and murderous. <laughs> That's the other thing in the uh, in this is its perspective on uh, like technology and AI and whatever is really bad and dumb. Is it? Is it really bad and dumb though? Yes. Yes. I don't 100%. think it is. Uh, it's. It is absolutely like, oh, all these people are looking at virtual idols and not real ones. What has happened to society? That is sure. absolutely There is definitely a you're on your phone, but too much. But also, I think the movie is very clear of like, Sharon Apple's not like, like the idea that we are going to birth an AI that is ho- totally foreign and different to us. And we won't be able to understand it. And maybe it'll like want to harm us is like very pulpy, alarmist sci-fi. But that's not what Macross Plus is about. Macross Plus is about a depressed singer and a megalomaniacal like music manager getting together to build an AI out of their their conflicting desires of what they want that thing to be and so what she is is like jealous and like desperate for love because that's what Myung gave her but also really interested in like the utilization of weapons technology because the guy <laughs> who built her is like working in part with Spacey and gets like a black market chip that's meant for Spacey material and puts it in her because he's like this is the best thing possible now she'll be as powerful as anything uh, forget the weapons of the earth this is the new weapon of the earth and that like the ai ai might be like if if really i exist but also like technology and algorithms that exist today they're not evil because uh they grew they those things are inherently evil they're evil because the reflections of the people who built them and i think macross plus is aware of that like when when Sharon Apple takes over the Macross, the the guy the the designer who created her is standing on top of the Macross, like watching as his f- dream has been fulfilled, and then leaps from the Macross as it's riding out of the ocean, like falling down to his death, and it's like into the hologram of Sharon Apple, and it's seen as like this is his release, the thing like he's wanted. He gets to like touch the face of God as he dies, uh, because this is the thing he believed in. He wanted this. This is this is a condemnation of the desires of man to make a thing that is like better than us but all we're doing is replicating the shit that already exists uh to me more than it is like you be on your phone too much <laughs> well that that stuff is true um I, I guess i'm leaning into more like the there's a scene in the middle of the the ova where um they talk about like oh they're making all these AI shit, but they don't understand that we need we need the pilots on the battlefield right we need the people in the battlefield and i, I always i always kind of bristle at those kind of themes because it's like <sighs> It's just a very, I mean, this is like a very macro thing, right? Where it's like a critique of a thing that is true about war and Yeah, but I mean, the people, who are, the people the, like, who are saying that are the test pilots who really want to have their jobs. Yeah, but the, the show is presenting this as true. The show is like that we are losing the human touch of war and that is a problem. Rather than, you know, when you look at these uh, these ideas and gun, gun shows, which is like about the dehumanization of war as an inherent thing. Sure. And not but they've taken away the human touch. The thing with the thing with Mecha and like all anime really, or all media is I 
I understand that for like commercial mediums, we're operating in a space that's compromised. I want the show to at least like allow the space for me to read the things I want into it, even oh, yeah, if I so. know that it's going to wrap up in a pat way that I necessarily don't necessarily agree with. Like this is the Gundam problem, also, right? Like Gundam has this all the time, where the things we believe in Gundam are not what the plot of Gundam does ever, because the plot of Gundam is going to tell you that things are going to work out because people are you can believe in people to figure it out, and I'm like, nah, you can't. Literally in the plot, the plot of Gundam is that people cannot figure it out, um, <laughs> yes. and so. For, for me to just have the space where like you can look at this and you can see that like you know Sharon Apple is not a, a unique identity that rose up and decided on these things. Sharon Apple is a result of pre-existing conditions when she was born into the world she inhabits and you know you look at every like algorithm that is developed today and they're like this will revolutionize things by you can face scan people and it won't have any biases and then it can't see black people right like this just yes. exists <laughs> yes that thought is true um and i think that yeah. plus like being a thing from 94 is like surprisingly cognizant of the uh material conditions around what computer algorithms look like 20 years from then right uh, I, I, I like i don't disagree entirely with this read i'm not like telling you you're wrong or anything i just had a different like um because I think I think that by everyone in Macross being like we don't see poor people in this world, we yeah. don't see like the results of like spacey structuring of society. Uh, it apart from the war aspect, we don't get a sense of what the like cost of the war or the AIs or any of this is on the like populations. That well, are being one of the things I think is one I think I think is really interesting, and it's like not stated upon in the movie, but when you when they get finally get to Earth and they descend in the atmosphere, Macross City is like a sprawling wall-to-wall metropolis. It just look it might as well be Coruscant with a giant yes. robot in the middle. And then but as the planes approach it, the rest of Earth is still like a crater desert. It's just yes. fucked. There's nothing there. It is a, like a single super city and then the wastes. Because instead of bothering with the earth everyone fucking got in giant ships and went to better planets that still had trees on them they sure did uh which yeah i also partially like that but it's also like you know we went and did colonization it's you know the macros thing we were mad about yeah but uh, uh, like blaming macros plus for being macros yeah, still yeah. is not what i'm interested in doing in terms of criticism like we made these criticisms when macros happened because oh for sure this but, was like, burst but i feel like macros 2 for as much as like that was disappointing had much more of a like aim of reflecting like being engaging with the thing it is yeah i mean if you, you know. want to if you want to stand up here and tell me your your takeaway from macross plus is that kawamori is an emotional like a philosophically compromised person who can only write colonization narratives over and over again i'm here to agree with you <laughs> <laughs> yeah no uh, i just feel bad because i feel like i'm like I, I just feel bad i don't know i hate conflict <laughs> that's all it is mm. uh um and I also don't like hate the show, right? It's not the worst thing I've made. Um, I'm sad what I watched the movie first because I do think the movie is significantly worse. Yes. Um, I went and looked up what the Macross fandom think. They are split on this. Okay. Uh, a lot of them much uh, much prefer the movie. Some of them like the OVAs. Yeah. The the reason I ended up watching the movie is when I did first because when I did a bunch of research, a lot of what I was seeing was that the movie was like genuinely the one people usually go with, and it wasn't different enough to matter, which is wrong. I should never believe anyone. The ne- rule, the thing we've that. learned from two years of anime podcasting: never watch the compilation movie first. Never. Never. We're gonna have to change. We're gonna have to watch the fucking OVA of Endless Waltz when we get there. Yep. 
It's but, yeah. I mean, I have the I have the Blu-ray. I'm pretty sure it's just the movie, so I will probably watch the movie and then we'll do. I don't, that one's weird specifically because, um, you know, I know that there's like some that are just like all the footage combined. Yeah, uh, and that might be one of those. But in general, like we should not Google this and trust people. Yeah, because there are. It hasn't been true every time, but sometimes the OVA just exists be, or because they needed to like more time to work on the thing, and then they once it's all done, they can put it together in what they wanted to make the first time, right? But I see people say that about this, yeah. and like that might be true. And especially like we saw a thing that we like none of this is confirmed, right? Um, but we did see you told me about a thing that you saw saying that like the movie was more Kalmori. Yeah, I, I saw. Of- I couldn't find a source from that, but someone when we we're watching this in, uh, I was watching the OVA together with the Discord uh, or whatever. Um, when we were, we were talking about this, someone mentioned that. Uh, that the the movie was more of Kawamori taking the stuff that he liked and like kind of moving away from some of the stuff Watanabe brought to the table. Um, and if that's the case, then, you know, Kawamori get fucked. Right. Because if the idea is uh, Watanabe was making like a story about these, um, you know, re- repressed t- t- idiots. Um. Uh, and Kawamori was like, no, we must be more earnest about this, like this epic story of love. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, Oh god, we're gonna suffer when we get to like Macross Delta or whatever. Yeah. I know Frontier is the one everyone likes. That's uh that's not Delta's the one where he's like actually director on. Uh I mean Frontier he's listed as a director with Yasuhiku Kikuchi, so I don't know. Okay. I, I don't know. I'll get to it when I get to it, but I know when everyone talks about Macross, Frontier's the one everyone seems to like, so Okay, that's good. I mean it's called Macross Frontier, so yeah. Okay, his supervising director on that is main director on Delta. That's what this thing says. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, I'll, you know, we'll keep going with Macross. Uh, I hopefully I can get to the point where you are like attuned. Like I'll just enjoy what I like out of it, and a lot of it's bad. But you know, when when we when we were going into this, we both had seen the thing to all pioneers or whatever, and yes. we're very worried that this is going to be the worst. And it's bad in a lot of ways, but no, not any way that. to do with the like colonization aspect of Macross. Like it's got just nothing, nothing to do with that at yep. all. Like it's set on a colony, but it's not about that. Yeah, that colony um, only had dinosaurs on it before the humans showed up. So. Uh, God, it is the um, I I, I find this funny because I feel like we're having the like reverse Code Geass argument about like something that is clearly much better crafted, <laughs> at the very least. Yeah, I mean aesthetically, absolutely, but yes, that that is that is more that is as much to do with like the era in which it was made than like the talents of the people involved. Uh, I assume whatever uh, what Nabi was making in two thousand six is better than like looking than Code Geass. God, that'd probably slope? yeah, that'd probably be uh, Kids on the Slope was twenty twelve. Uh, Shamrock Shampoo was two thousand four, which is honestly a show that I didn't like that much. So, you know, oh, you know what? Yeah, that is. Oh wow, he took yes. Okay, that was Kids. In, that was a uh, Shamrock Shampoo. My yeah. brain puts Kids in the Slope back further because I assumed that he was constant, but there's no. a big gap there. Yeah. Anyway, uh, any more any more takes you want to get through? Um, you know, content warnings aside from uh, galaxy brain racism and some sexual assault, I, I genuinely think this is a pretty good OVA to watch. Um, if you like cool planes, if you like great music, if you just like anime to look beautiful and expensive, it's got all those things. And I think in that aspect, it's like incredible. Um, we, you know, we've watched more compromised stuff of the, oh, with, for, for similar reasons. Uh, 100%. Um, 
But, uh, and also as a, continu- a continuation of Macross, I like, this is kind of what I was expecting, like, the Gundam OVAs to be, like, very side story that has nothing to do with the themes of the original work. Like, you know, this has nothing to do with Macross other than the Macross shows up in it. The rest of Macross is not about rogue AIs. <laughs> it's not. It's just not. It's yeah. nothing to do. Like, and like at the, in the Wikipedia summary, it's like, oh, and then they, uh, they, they banned, they banned AIs. Yes. Uh, and they did presumably what is the actual plot of Macross going forward. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, uh, I think that's just really interesting, uh, you know, like exploring a different space in a world that is, uh, I would say interesting, but I don't know what is unique about the Macross scenario other than planes that turn into robots and music, because everything else just gets stripped away or reconfigured. Like, those are the only two constants. I mean, there are lots that are interesting about the post-Macross world. They're just, none of them exist. They're just all, you know, like, we talked about all the stuff with Zentrani, but, like, what does it mean to have had a war that has, like, the the cost of the war in Macross is so much, like, it laughs at Gundam. It laughs at the One Year War. Yes. Like, Earth got just destroyed, and culture has not. It's not impacted anyone. Um, and oh, you, protoculture. <laughs> no one in this says protoculture or deculture. <laughs> For deca, <laughs> yeah, that's fucking true. God, he should have gone to culture when he like fucking murked uh, Islam with the first time. <laughs> God, that'd be the best thing that could have happened. <laughs> I'm just gonna edit Amaro going to culture. We're making this more <laughs> problematic, but that's fine because this one's cool. Yes, but then it becomes like Star Wars prequels levels of ridiculous problematic. Yeah, it's true. Um. Anyway. I, yeah, I guess that's it. I I think I think Macross Plus is genuinely pretty cool. Uh, you know, big big asterisk on that, but I like it a lot. It, it might be my favorite Macross thing. Like, you know, the, if, if you want to, like, cut the first 27 episodes of Macross from the last nine, then I guess you can claim that that's the best Macross. But I think that's, like, a coward's move. <laughs> um, um, Macross is a, a single show that existed, and the back bit is pretty bad. Um, even though it mostly sorts itself out before, right before the end. Um <laughs> Uh, I agree. My uh, my, I agree with some of that, but I no. Like, and here's the reason: I like all the characters in Macross. Uh, I think I'm genuinely more in like interested and sympathetic to the characters in Macross Plus than you are. So that goes a long way. When I think the like, I think this is like one of the better anime romances, and lo- especially in terms of love triangles that exists. I think it's I think it's good because everyone sucks in ways that are like sympathetic and interesting. Um. Maybe yeah. I I guess I just didn't buy, get into love triangle. I guess that's really the like core of this, because mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely not like the problematic shit. We all know that. Yeah. Uh, man, I mean, yeah. No, I I really liked everyone in Macross. Misa's a hero. Yeah. Tell me, I mean, people in people in Macross. Misa's my Misa? Discord avatar, despite the fact that Macross happened to us, because Misa Yase is a goddamn hero, even though she's gonna go captain a giant spaceship into a colonialism. Uh, where's the anime about that? <laughs> ah, I bet it exists. I bet we get what happened to those characters in one of these shows. Yeah, but it'll be like a throwaway line. I want an, I want Misa captaining the ship and doing colonialism. Because Macross 7 Macron. already has me asking some questions about, like, what happens to people who fold, like, you know, they got in a space folding ship. And this is brought up in Macross a little too. Time gets a little weird. So it's very possible that Misa Hayase and uh, Ikara Ichijo and whatever are out there in space still young. Oh, they're going to fucking do a gunbuster? Yeah, they might just do a gunbuster. 
Oh, that's good. That's good, man. Gunbuster rules. Yeah. Anyway, we're clearly done here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, you could do worse than Macross Plus. You could be watching Do You Remember Love. Don't do that. That's fucking bad. Oh, God, no. Yeah, no, not even in the same universe. Um, you know, how you feel about it coming out the other end might be a little more negative. Jackson's definitely on the negative end, and I, I'm probably as positive as someone can be and still be honest about what's in the fiction here, uh, yep. which is a really disgusting thing that sucks. Um but you can just kind of, if you can silo that off and enjoy the rest, then there's a lot to enjoy here. I, and, like, genuinely, one of the best soundtracks in an anime. Just undeniably. Yes. Uh, so, I guess that's it. Uh, Merry Christmas to everyone. Um, I hope it's well. If you don't celebrate or a good Christmas is not on the cards for you, then I hope these podcasts have found you well. And I hope that you'll be all right. And uh, there'll be abnormal mapping, you know, on Friday if you're desperate for entertainment. Gun will be tomorrow, as always. And, uh... We'll be back with a beach house covering all of Dominion Tank Police in two or three weeks. We'll see how that goes in terms of, like, getting it watched and recorded. Might might take a little longer just because we've been working kind of hard. And I would like to take an extra week on that, probably. Uh, I don't think we anyone's going to care. So We might want to have a break for Christmas. Everyone's going to yeah. be watching, listening to Goaty podcasts. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we'll see. But it'll it'll be coming out early in the new year. So look forward to that. Um, and we'll continue to watch anime until the goddamn end of time. So... Ain't that the fucking truth. Uh, if you want to find our other podcast, Jax, you want to do a quick plug zone? Yeah, you can find our other podcasts at abnormalmapping.com. There is a whole bunch of them there. Uh, you know, there's loads of them. We've got Abnormal Mapping, it's a game club. Reptor Screen does movies. You do, uh, and then they're playing with Autumn, uh, which is a Ghibli podcast. Or a Ghibli you mean, podcast. You mean Ghibli one? podcast. Okay, Ghibli podcast. Like, oh, I, did I do the wrong one? I did, I did. Uh and yeah, if you I used to say Ghibli you. until I started doing a Ghibli podcast, and I have to say Ghibli. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm doing it wrong. So it's been it's been a transitional time for me. Incredible. Uh, if you subscribe to the Patreon for one dollar a month, you can get the Great Gundam Project, where we talk about Gundam, much like this. If you want to also hear us complain about the themes of mech shows and enjoy them a lot, yeah. If you if you like the part where we just kind of bullshit, uh, for $10 a month, you get VoIP Life, which is every two weeks. It's just us goofing off, mostly. Um, it is mostly a thank you to people who really want to support the network, which we do appreciate because, you know, things are rough out here. Uh, the times have been tough for both of us, um, and every dollar is appreciated on keeping us alive. <laughs> it really is yes. the difference between this podcast having to go away because I need a second job and Jackson needs to go desperately find work, or we can just do this uh, for a little while longer. So, uh, yeah, I'm disabled and unemployed, but my disabled unemployment stuff got cut. So, uh, if this goes away, then I'm fucked. I don't yeah. know what's going to be. Um, but definitely so, be playing video games. Yeah, so everyone who supports us, you're keeping it going. I, I promise this is a real material benefit for us to be able to be creators and not just people who work ourselves to death. Um, so thank you. Um, until next time, whatever podcast next time might be, go watch an anime. They're good. Yeah, they're good. Goodbye. Oh, my God.